Hello everyone, my name is Pastor Joe. And I'm Pastor Josh. And uh, we're trying something new. Um, so um, we both got here at First Andridge at pretty much the same time. Mm -hmm. And like within a week of each other. Pretty much. And um, one of the things that we both talked about is uh, getting to know each other. I mean, we're, our office is like right next to each other, so we bother each other a lot. And we ended up talking a lot about our families, and we talked about um, what we're doing and where we were raised, and um, we kind of thought, maybe we should record this. Yep. Yep. We're both big podcast people anyway, and it's we have found podcasts to be super helpful, so we thought maybe this could be helpful to others. And so we're going to give this a try, see what happens. We're going to give this a try. So we are... Um, uh, not exactly experts at parenting just yet. We are still on the road. We're still uh, practicing and mm -hmm. improving. Uh, hopefully, are you improving? I hope so. It <laughs> seems like I'm getting worse, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but we, we want to just kind of include uh, y'all in our kind of conversations as we try to follow Jesus and try to lead well. So um, this is the first podcast either of us have done. Mm -hmm. So, we are not, uh, brothers, we are not professionals. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we hope to encourage you, bless you, or at least it should be good for us as we talk things out for ourselves. This is good psychotherapy for us. Yeah, we, uh, y'all are just kind of on this ride with us. So, I, like you said, we're not professionals. We're just trying to figure things out together. So, um, so we are parents. We are. How long have you been parenting? So I am uh, just over seven years into this parenting life. Okay. Yep. How about okay. you? Um, my oldest is, is about to turn nine. Okay. And I'm not ready for that. I, I really am not. <laughs> um, she is, she's, she's just awesome. I've got, I've got three. Um, I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old as well. And they are... They are very different people. Mm. They're very different people. And have you found that too? Yes. Yeah. So I've got seven-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing. We're new at this. So talking to each other and asking questions, like, hey, did you know people are different, Josh? <laughs> like we said, we are learning as we go here. So <laughs> it's all good. But, as silly as it sounds, it's also true. Our kids are vastly different in how they act. Jack, my son is tends to be this ball of emotion. My daughter, stoic face all the time. You kind of got to wonder where she's at emotionally. Uh, but that's just how it is. And we love them both. And they're fantastic. Uh, but there is a uh, different way that you have to parent them, even though they've grown up in the same house. It's crazy how that works. That, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of been one of the more surprising things for me is, um, so when we, you know, we had two and they're different personalities and such, mm -hmm. but the younger one really follows the older one's lead. Um, and then we had a third and Silas was like right before the pandemic, like we had him a week before everything got shut down mm. and he is like very different from the others, very strong-willed. He's almost got a lot of first kid kind of mentality. Okay. And so it's not that they fight or don't get along, but their personalities. And now Ezra is kind of blooming too. So now it was less. It, sometimes it's less like 
hey, we're all in the same car and more like we're all on the same Oregon Trail and they keep trying to wander off into the creeks and I'm trying to keep the wagon from sinking and uh, some days more successfully than others. Yeah, I get that. So I have two kids, you have three. Mm -hmm. People have always said when you go from two to three, it's like going from man coverage to zone coverage. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. So the best advice, the best thing I had when someone told me we were having three is that we're going to see how our parenting was for the first two because one of them has to behave now because we're outnumbered. <laughs> so someone someone has to behave. Someone has to stay on their route to use the football term. You know. Okay. Yep. Someone has to keep their discipline because otherwise... <laughs> We just get thrown into chaos. That's fair. Okay. Um, three, three, I mean, so going from none to one is always just because you don't know what to expect. Uh-huh. And then uh, bringing in two, you're like, okay, so now everything's just going to kind of get harder and you have those relational issues. But now three, three really has been a different ball game. But then, you know, I went to, to a seminary with a guy who was pastoring, working part-time. Mm -hmm with me, working on his PhD, and had five kids. Okay. So people do incredible things. I think uh, God gives you grace for where you are and not grace for where you're not. So if we, so I could have handled three kids three years into marriage. Okay. But God that didn't ask sense. me to. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. That does make sense. So we've got these kids, yeah. and I kind of always told people, None of us know what we're doing. Mm -mm. We're all just kind of making up as we go. We're really trusting Jesus to mm -hmm. over to give grace to our flaws and our mess-ups. Um, but as you kind of think back over our childhoods, what was some things from your childhood that you're like, you know what, I really want to do this with my kids? Right. Well, I think my parents did a lot of things well. And I want to be, you know, we, we talked about this beforehand, before we started this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a chance that our moms might watch this. There is. <laughs> there's a chance that, you know, our kids might someday watch So we're going to be, we want to be transparent, but we also are want to be as graceful and kind as we possibly can be. And, um, you know, and our parents aren't perfect. Moms, if you are watching, we love you very much. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, good clarifying that. That's right. Uh, but, you know, no parent's perfect. We're not perfect. I'm looking forward to seeing how I screwed my kids up when they point back to and when they answer question, questions like this. But yes. for, for me, when I was growing up, um, one, my parents always did a really good job providing for me. We were never, uh, my dad was a Marine. Um, and my mom was mostly able to stay in the home, but worked outside the home when necessary. And we were uh, far from rich, anything you can consider that, but... But we ate, and we had a roof over our head, and we we kept going. So having that security there was always very uh, important. Uh, yeah. One of the things my parents did well was um, one thing my mom did really well was she was intentional with the way that she parented. So mm -hmm. she would explain things. This is why we're doing this. This is what we're doing. So then I'm going to take you to church, and this is why we're taking you to church. I'm going to homeschool you. This is why we're homeschooling you. This is um, why I'm limiting, I'm punishing you. I'm limiting you this and this and this and this. So my dad didn't do that quite so much. But one thing my dad did very well is, and, uh, you know, we, you know, me and my dad have had some uh, ups and downs. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there were ups. And yep. when my dad, we, we had some good traditions. We would watch wrestling together. We'd watch Monday Night Raw together. We would watch Saints football for at least the first half before we would lose and, <laughs> and, and give up. Um, we we took vacations pretty regularly. And, the, you know, it was a different world back in the late 80s and early 90s, not to date mm-hmm. myself t- too much. I'm a young pastor. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so there weren't, like, cell phones and such in the house much growing up. But whenever we went, we were very intentional with spending time together and doing fun things and, and, and making good uh, memories. So that's that's one thing I really want to take. I want to be very intentional with my kids is trying to be transparent with them as much as we can. You know, sometimes when we just say, hey, you got to clean your room, mm-hmm. you don't. I don't need to give like a 30-minute reason discourse as to why they need to clean their room. They just need to clean their room. Yeah. But having moments of transparency, say, hey, this is why we're doing this. This is why our family works this way. This is why these are some of our rules. This is yeah. being, having, taking that, some of that transparency from my mom and also trying to be very present uh, and, and create memories, try to have focused times to, 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 to be there with the kids uh, consistently. Um, yeah. That way we're kind of pouring into them, you know? Mm. How about you? What were, the, what were the best positive takeaways from your So upbringing? I remember my parents, they said this a lot to me, was that they wanted us to have more than what they had. And my parents both came from just hard life. You know, it was their, uh, their parents loved them, but they... By the time I had come along, they knew the difficulties that life can bring. And my parents, my mom was 20 when I was born and my dad was 19. So it was hard was a good way to describe that. It's, it's what they've told me. And I don't know that they ever intentionally thought through this, but they prepared me for that. Mm. They prepared me for, you know, a life can just sucker punch you. And I came into adulthood knowing, you know what, I've got to be able to stand my own two feet. And my parents really did a good job of that. The other thing that they did a good job of, and some of my fondest memories, were just when we laughed a lot. Whether it was playing video games with my dad or my mom just being sarcastic um, and just joking with us, I always want that for my kids. I want to have a relationship to where we can joke together, we can laugh together. Uh, we kind of say all the time, and this will get into it later, but our, the goal of our home is to love Jesus and have fun. And that's kind of one of the things that I really want to bring into our family from my childhood. Sure. Now, the other side of the coin is there's always things that you're like, okay, I didn't understand it as a child, and now I'm an adult, and yes. I still don't understand this, and I'm, I'm kind of going to leave that behind. Are there any uh, traditions or... Um, or things that you're trying to, 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 to distance yourself from? Yeah. So I'm going to use like one really heavy thing and one really silly thing. Yeah. So I come from a divorce home. My parents got divorced when I was about 10 years old. And when I, when Megan and I got married, that was like one of the biggest conversations we had was this is forever. Yeah. Um, I know the damage that, that that separation can do. And we really came into the saying... I want to love my wife. This is a marriage that I never want my kids to have to see end. Mm -hmm. And so I never, that really is something that's a big deal to me is I want to love my wife well because I don't want my kids to have to walk through a divorce uh, for all the reasons that I lived through and so many others. 
Um, then the silly one, uh, my dad would always wake us up with one of the most annoying ways possible. He'd walk into our bedrooms and he'd flip on the lights and he'd start singing Rise and Shine and Give God the Glory. glory. Oh, nice. And few things have ever made me more angry, particularly <laughs> as a teenager, than him doing that. And I always said, I will never do that to my children. So you do realize that if uh, if you any parents actually listen to this, if we ever release this out into the mm-hmm. wild, yes. that um, the next time you go to camp, uh-huh. you just gave ammo to uh, about three dozen boys to And that you. is true. But luckily, I've not been to a camp yet where there are teenage boys waking up early with that kind of smile on their yeah, face. Yeah, that's true. That's I know true. the adults, that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate morning risers, early uh, risers? Oh, I know, right? Uh, I need goodness. coffee in the morning. I know, I know. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I'll get a silly one and then a more serious. But f- so my family, we had birthday spankings. Uh-huh. Uh, are, you, have you, are you familiar oh, with yeah. this? You are familiar with this. Familiar. So if you're, if you're not familiar with this, um, on your birthday, you get spanked for... However old you are, mm-hmm. and then you get a pinch to grow on, and the pinch was somehow worse than the spankings. Yes. And I was sitting there the whole time going like, okay, but why though? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. Yes. And I would try to get away, and it wouldn't work, and the whole family would like clap and cheer, and... I don't, I, I never understood it as a kid, and I don't understand it now, and we're not, I think it goes back to like some ancient, probably Greek tradition of getting you for all the t- things you got away with the last year, maybe, I don't know, but that, that tradition has died hard. It died hard in my family, like Bruce Willis was, would be proud. <laughs> it is... That's probably for the best. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, and then, um, you know, kind of seriously, I, I, something I'm working on. And, you know, the, the, the things that frustrate you most, I think, or the things that frustrate me most, are the things that when I look at how my parents were, particularly my dad, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and again, I don't mean that slightly, just I'm a dad, he's a, he's a dad, you know? When I see things, like, I'm not going to be like this. Mm. Or I'm not, and then I'm totally like that because yeah. I'm his son, and that's you know what I mean, and that's that's the way it goes. So those are frustrating. So one thing, um, so my parents got divorced when I was 18, okay. so they were basically done raising me whenever they ended up splitting. Of course, I'm the oldest of four, so my uh, uh, siblings weren't quite so lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even though the marriage ended when I was 18, the marriage was sinking since I was like 11. Okay. You know, they're pretty much most of my teenage years, I was kind of like, okay, is this going to be the time? Is this going to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going through that whole thing? And so loving wife and having a, uh, not, not just um, pretending everything's okay, yeah, but working to make sure everything actually is okay. Yeah. And making make sure we're not just presenting love, a loving relationship with our kids, but actually having a loving relationship with the kids. Of course, my wife is very easy to love, just in case she happens to be listening. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely the hard one there, but uh, working on that. Um, but for me, a big thing, so I, I absolutely second everything you said. That's something I'm, you know, we work on. Uh, it's important to us. But 
for me, it was consistency. Mm. I, I said, like, my family was, uh, my dad was a really great dad 75% of the time. Okay. Okay, but that 25%, that he, you know, he was a Marine, he had hard, hard things, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but a lot of times you would just walk on eggshells. You didn't know when, what was going to make him angry. Uh, what was going to kind of set him off. And so yeah. you didn't know what dad you were getting. Mm. Most of the time it was fine. Sure. When it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of fun to be around. Um, he was yeah. never, like, hit or anything. He wasn't, I wasn't physically abused. Yeah. But still, having an angry, loud, <laughs> is not, it's not a fun home environment to be in. Yeah. Uh, and so trying to work on just being consistent and so um, one of the biggest surprises for me in parenting is um, not so much like taking care of the kids, but how much of having to take care of kids has it revealed about me and my spiritual walk and how much farther yes. I still needed to go and how, how I still need to work on the fruit of the spirit and how I'm way more selfish than I thought I was <laughs> and having to try to balance those things out between having much needed self-care but not leaning into selfishness and keeping yeah. those balances and it's 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 really tricky what do you what do you think what's been surprising for you or yeah you know it it is amazing to me how my kids have taught me how much i need jesus yeah uh, just you know whether it is there is this little human being that god has gifted to megan and i to steward and raise and this little child can be one of the most adorable things in the entire world to me while simultaneously being one of the most frustrating and <laughs> aggravating people in the entire world. One of my favorite uh, quotes is from uh, Vody Balcom. Uh -huh. He said that God made babies cute so that we wouldn't kill them and God made babies small so that they wouldn't kill us. <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. uh, and that really is uh, what I have learned the most about my walk with Jesus. You know, there are things that I've learned about my relationship with the Lord as a father to a son or seeing uh, how a child reacts and how in the Bible we're so often to have this childlike faith and how all that just plays out practically. Um, you know, the way my kids, they want to trust me and or they want me when they're scared. You know, there, there's a a truth there that helps me in my walk with Jesus. Um, but there's also this need that I see of, you know what, I want to fix this in my kid, but I can't. Yeah. And there's this helplessness that I struggle with, and it, it leads me to prayer to say, Lord, only you can fix this, because I got nothing. I am at <laughs> my wit's end here. Lord, you do what only you can do. And that really has been helpful for me just in building my faith, both as a dad, but also just as a follower of Jesus. And I'm sure you prayed that like one time and you've been totally settled, right? Yeah, I did it it's, back in like 2018. And I'm yeah, good. You're good now? Yeah. Good. You're over that. Good. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, of course we joke because it is a daily struggle. And that's kind of, yeah. you know, just to try to segue, like why we're doing a podcast yes. and why we named the podcast what we did. Yes, so we named it uh, Laundry, Yard Work, and Jesus, the Parenting Pod. Yeah. And so the reason we came to that name is because those are these never-ending household chores that 
can become overwhelming and it's just like, it's just a part of life. You're yeah. never going to not do laundry. And I guess even in East Tennessee, it seems like yard work is always there. Yeah. And we wanted to kind of convey this notion of just like laundry and yard work never go away and it's this continual practice, making Jesus the center of our home is the same thing. It's a continual practice that we are actively pursuing each and every day in our homes. And, you know, one aspect of that, uh, you know, agree with everything, of course, but um, one aspect of that is that those are all tasks that you can get into even if you've let them slide for a while. Yes. You know, if you've let the laundry pile up or if you're like me and you wash the clothes and then put them in the dryer and then just don't fold them, you just have a stack of clothes that you that, that's on that's on me. That's what I do. Um, you know, if you or if you let the yard work pile up for a while, uh-huh. it's going to take it's going to take a lot of maybe effort to catch up on the laundry, a lot of effort to get the yard back under control. But with some diligence and with some work, you can you can actually do it. You can get back to a point where you can have those steady rhythms and maintain. Yes. Yeah. You know? So it's never, it's never really too late to start. That's right. And you're never going to have perfection. Right. Like, you know, as soon as you get all the laundry done, the kids are throwing more clothes into the hamper. Or, you know, the yard gets mowed, it looks great. Yeah. Three days later, it's rained, and you're like, I just mowed this thing. <laughs> uh, and that's the same thing with, Living out our faith at home, it's we're never going to be perfect, but we're always going to be walking in that faith. And how we teach our kids that is where we hope this podcast really comes along alongside of us and helps us do that in a way that honors the Lord and glorifies Him in daily living, just kind of what we've been talking about at church a lot here. That's right. Uh, and so to kind of help us, I just said... Uh, Kind of let you guys in on where we're going for the next, I don't know, seven or eight weeks. Yep. Um, we are episodes. Uh, we're kind of going to be using, we've chosen uh, Dr. Donald Whitney's book on family worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Whitney is a professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Really kind of one of, not just Southern Baptist, but um, modern Christianity's leading experts and goes tos on spirituality, Christian living, personal spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, his magnum opus is called Personal Spiritual Disciplines. <laughs> right. But he wrote one on family worship. And so we've got, we've got uh, probably about a dozen copies that we're going to be putting in the library. So you can, it's a small book. Um, chapters are about 15 pages long. Mm-hmm. It's not very expensive. You can find them on Amazon. You can find them on Lifeway, a Christian book. But if you don't want to buy one yourself, we're going to have some free copies in the library for you to check out um, and and do that. But uh, we're kind of going to use this like a springboard yeah. rather than a blueprint. Mm. Um, you know, we're reading through this, and it's not... Uh, the last thing we really want to do is throw more stuff into your schedule. More stuff for you to do, uh, and make you feel like you're failing if you don't do everything exactly by the book. That's right. Um, but we're hoping that each chapter will have uh, takeaways and things that we can glean from that maybe you can, maybe you can add or repurpose to, to your own lives. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, this book is really helpful for that, and just some simple tools and practices to how we can incorporate Jesus into everyday life. Uh, Just like hopefully you might listen to this as you're folding laundry or mowing the yard. We want to give you things. Just think this isn't adding more to it, but how do we uh, make Jesus the center of that car ride to school? 
or how do we incorporate uh, talking about Jesus at the dinner table? You know, just those type of things is what we hope, and this book can be a good tool for that, and hopefully will help guide our conversations. Right. So uh, the name of the book is Family Worship. Yep. Uh, and so we kind of want to leave you with a big question, something something to think about till episode two, and just to kind of let you know. Again, this is our first podcast, so we're kind of playing this by ear. We're hoping to get um, at least two of these out a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. If it comes to less than that, then um, sorry. <laughs> we'll go back to we're learning as we go. Exactly, so exactly. We have lofty goals. We'll trust the Lord with how it comes out. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, that family worship is uh, one of those just terms that we use a lot in church world. And our hope is that through this podcast, we're going to understand a whole lot more what family worship is and how we go about living that out. Uh, and so as we come to the end of this episode, I want us to kind of think about, okay, what is family worship? And so this is, Joe, this is for you. It's also for whoever is listening to this in the podcast land that it is on, is if you were asked a question by your kids, now I know that's surprising. Kids never ask questions. Yeah, right. You know, it's just, they just sit there quietly all the time. All the time. Yeah. But suppose your kid were to ask you a question and their question was, hey, what is family worship? How would you explain that to your kids? And before you answer, I want you to think about it and answer it at the beginning of the next episode. Ah, a hook. That's right. There we go. A little teaser, a little hook. See what we did there? That's right. And as you're thinking about this, waiting for the next episode, you do the same thing. Think about how you would explain family worship as you understand it today to your kids. All right. I think that's a great question for us to think about. Um, uh, I hope this has sparked some conversation with you or at least... Mm -hmm. I uh, hope that um, as you were listening, you're like, hey, these are real people too. <laughs> you only That's see right. us on Sunday morning where we're where we're dressed up. We're not. We're you know we're just guys. <laughs> we are. We are people uh, at the feet of Jesus every single day. So I uh, I really hope that this benefits you or someone, whoever you may be, whoever you are. And if nothing else, I hope this is just encouraging to you and I. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But whoever is listening, no, we're praying for you and. We look forward to seeing what God's going to do. That's right. So thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next time. Don't forget to go to the library and check out the book. That's right.